Where am I? The pit of despair. Don't even think... <coughs> don't even think about trying to escape. The chains are far too thick. And don't dream of being rescued either. The only way in is secret. Only the Prince of the Count and I know how to get in and out. Then I'm here till I die? Till I kill you, yeah. Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Thank you, everybody, for listening. I am the host of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. For this episode, we are going back and reviewing an old movie uh, for its 30th anniversary, The Princess Bride. And joining me on this review is Michael Dennison from War Machine vs. War Horse. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. Uh, it's been a long time since you've uh, been on the show, so this is a return. But uh, you also host another show with me, Original Remake. That That's true. We just had a, uh, I guess, very successful episode on Stephen King's It. We and then did. the one without Stephen King's name, obviously, which is probably the reason that's very successful because a lot of people have seen that movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I just watched it for the second time last night uh, with two of my buddies who had not seen it, and they actually both enjoyed it. Um, and then after the movie, uh, we kind of just stood around, and I was filling them in on the differences between the original and the remake, you know, as you and I did. Handing out business cards, of course. You know, yeah, I was trying that to. subscribe button. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was trying to pimp out our show to uh, people coming out of the theater. Um, but no, yeah, that episode has been doing extremely well. Uh, credit to uh, the new release of It. So if anyone has seen that and would like to hear us uh, compare those movies, check us out on Original Remake. Uh, but Mike, what uh, what do you do on your show, War Machine vs. War Horse, if listeners haven't yet caught on to that? We take a new release, um, for example, It, which we did not do an episode on. Actually, I've not done an episode in like a month and a half, so I probably <laughs> should get on that. Uh, but it would uh, it would inspire a conversation about two older films that share a similar theme, but then we, we see how they approach it differently. So as you can tell, with that show and original remake, I like to do comparisons on something that's very similar, but they diverge just a little bit. So uh, that seems to be my bag with um, – with podcasting. However, I do want to mention a new movie podcast, The Grand Gesture, which may appeal to people who like The Princess Bride because it's on uh, romance in films. And the premise of that is we look at those grand romantic gestures in those films that we select and see if they can be applied to real life, if they just work in the story, or if someone like you or I, Peter, could pull that off and, uh, and do that. So uh, I don't think Princess Bride would be something we could apply in real life because it takes place in a faraway land fantasy world but uh i don't know maybe, maybe your fencing is better than i i don't i know we've never met in person so maybe you're just an excellent fencer um you know f- fencer in the sense of isn't that also slang for like a uh like somebody that pawns things or that's true i, yeah. I don't i don't know so anything that about sense, your, your criminal maybe, background so, maybe yeah. i am a <laughs> expert you are, you are hustling to get people to subscribe to original remake so who knows yeah i am trying um, but yeah, obviously you're on this show because you're an expert in uh, romance. Um, but no, we, we've actually discussed this a, a while back and this is, we might have discussed Princess Bride and I think maybe you threw your name in the hat. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you recall? 
Yeah, I think this was like, uh, good lord, almost a year and a half ago. We we talked about doing this one on oh, Podstalgic, okay. and it's uh, it's a uh, I guess a family favorite of mine. Uh, my dad and stepmom uh, sort of introduced me to it. I think it was like one of their like date movies or something because it's one of their favorites. And my dad pretty much just likes westerns and like war right. movies, so it always kind of struck me as odd that this is one of his favorites. Maybe it's the fencing. I don't know. Um, so yeah, this is one that I had a lot of experience with as a kid. I, I watched it multiple times because they would, they would always be, they would be cool with me watching it over and over because they really liked the movie. See, I'm not surprised that your, uh, your dad likes this because I mean, one of the few things that I do know is that he does not find Polly Shore funny. So Polly Shore <laughs> isn't not. in this money, uh, movie, <laughs> so I, I can see why he'd like it. I think it identifies with the Andre the Giant character. I think he likes he liked him the best. That was the old school he, wrestling stuff. Yeah, he, well, I don't even know if he was really a wrestling fan. I just think he liked uh, he liked Andre's humor. I think he liked this character in particular, the way he he handles himself. He's so, charming. He's a yeah. charming guy. I like him. Um, so before we get into the movie, just to look back at when this movie came out, the number one song at the time of its release was "I Just Can't Stop Loving You" by Michael Jackson with uh, Cedar Garrett. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. I'm sure I've heard it, but that's not. Uh, I think Michael Jackson. That is not one that would come to mind. I would. So yeah, right. I don't know. Is that off a of bad? I'm guessing. Was that the time period? Of yeah, this? it is off the bad album, and it was actually the very first single, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, also hmm. reached number one. Um, funny uh, trivia or fun trivia with that particular song. He originally wanted like Meryl, no, not Meryl Streep, uh, Barbara Streisand, or Whitney Houston to sing the duet, and both of them declined. Uh, Michael Jackson at the at that moment, and so he actually went with the the person that helped him pen the song, or maybe she penned it herself. Uh, Seta Garrett, um, very good song, very good song. It's very dated, though you can tell it's totally eighties. It's a ballad, and you know it's good. I like it. You think that's why I'm not familiar with it? Does it not get a lot of play now? because of that yeah definitely not it's it's one that people i mean when you hear it you're like that's that was on bad which came out in 87 it sounds it it sounds like it should came um it should have been on the thriller album you know which came out uh, okay. in what 82 82 like, yeah i think yeah it's it sounds that old uh and some of the movies that came out the same weekend as the princess bride i've never heard of a maybe you have but uh bestseller uh, came in just um in second big town and china girl I'm pretty no, sure I'm that's not, not a <laughs> adult <laughs> film. Yeah, <laughs> I have not not seen or I don't think I've heard of any of those. Yeah, they they were probably what's you know independent now. But bestseller was released by Orion, you know, and I kind of remember them. They were big in the late '80s, early '90s. I think before they went they went under in the early '90s. Could be. Yeah, uh, Princess Bride released by Fox, Big Town released by Columbia Pictures. So. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it for the weekend. So definitely Prince's Bride ticket uh, that weekend. Um, so let's see here. The plot. Uh, let me explain it to you. Well, I don't know if we have enough time. So let me just sum it up. Um, no, you didn't catch that. I, I was really trying to drop a quote in there. No? I, I, I was already prepared to like, all right, I'm, I better mute my mic in case my dog barks because I don't want to interrupt Peter's flow here. No, I have summary. no flow. I was trying to insert any kind of quotes, you know, into this review here. But uh, I think, you know, anybody that's listening to this obviously has seen the movie. Um, it is a, a fairy tale story, a lot like uh, Legend of Zelda. Is that a game you ever played? I think, yeah, I played a little bit. My brother was big into that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think I didn't have the attention span. 
for yeah, Legends. Honestly, I definitely had the attention span for uh, Princess Bride, though. 90 minutes, yeah. your story, but yeah, playing Easy. those games, not so much. Very well paced. Um, you know, I, what I like about this movie is that it, it's a... Uh, the storytelling is very good, but also the world building, you know, and like you said, it's only 90 minutes and they give you so much with uh, a lot of great dialogue and a lot of great uh, tertiary uh, characters, too. So every character you meet, there's always there's something about them, you know, that, that makes them stick out. And not a lot of it is dialogue. It's actually just how the actors portray some of these characters. Uh, but some of our leads right here, we got uh, Carrie Elvis as uh, Wesley, also the man in black. Robin Wright, uh, introducing Rob- Robin Wright, is uh, Princess Buttercup. Chris Arandon, Prince Humperdinck. Uh, Mandy Patinkin as Inigo Montoya. Christopher Guest as Count Rugen. Andre the Giant as Fezzik. Wallace Shawn as Vizzini. Um, I think we'll just leave it uh, leave it at that, and we'll you know mention some of the other characters as we get to them. But, uh, Mike, you mentioned that this is a movie, possibly a family favorite. Um, is this a movie that you often revisit or? No. No. Only only when uh, podcasters make me, like mm-hmm. yourself. No. Yes. I, I don't know why. Uh, it's probably because it, it's nothing against the movie, but some of those childhood favorites that I have seen so many times, it's like I can replay them in my head. So I never feel the need, or I guess I'm in the mood to like, oh, let's actually just sit down and watch the thing because it's just like embedded in my in my brain. So uh, I I can't say there was stuff that I had forgotten this time, but uh, it it was it was pleasant to rewatch again. I, I had I had a good time with it. I I have to admit, there's only one thing, and we'll get to it that uh, I dislike now that I think I probably liked as a kid, but everything else holds up. So yeah, I enjoyed my rewatch of this one, even though it has been it has been well over ten years probably since I've watched this. Yeah, I think I'm in that same boat. It's probably been at least a decade since I've watched it. Um, this is one that I did watch when I was younger, not a whole lot, but enough that, um, that I did, I, I was going to try something different. I was going to sit down and write what I remembered of the movie before watching it. But as podcasting goes, you, you have no time to do anything like that. Um, listening to commentary tracks, special features. I have all these grand plans and I'm like, oh, I, I've got to watch this, set my alarm to watch it in the morning before I record as Peter. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just lucky that I'm close because I texted you. I was like, hey, I'm still putting clothes on. So <laughs> that, that's about all I had time for this morning, unfortunately. Yeah, I wanted to do some something. Uh, but surprisingly, watching um, the movie, uh, it's kind of just like you. There wasn't anything that I had forgotten about. Uh, everything was pretty much the same. Now, this movie, I didn't watch this enough where... I remembered a lot of lines and quotes, right? Like I know people have their favorites, you know, have fun storming the castle and and, and all of these things. Um, I can probably quote, I don't know, under five lines uh, from this. Eh, maybe that's maybe a little bit more than five, uh, maybe like seven. Um, but that's how seldom I watched the movie, but enough that I remember everything. I mean, it's it's a very simple story. Uh, Wesley, you know, is Princess Buttercup's true love. He goes away, and throughout the movie, he just encounters each person. And all those scenes are actually kind of long, long enough that, you know, not a lot of uh, is happening where you blink and you miss certain things. But that's why I feel like you can watch this a handful of times, and you can really tell the story uh, of of the movie. It's really. I mean, ninety minutes, very brief. I tell you what's not long is the the setup with uh, Peter Falk. It's the grandfather telling the uh, reading the book, telling the story. That it's like, I'd forgotten he's almost instantly in that room. 
it's like, hey, sick kid, here's Peter Falk. And he sits down and he's like, yeah, we're going to read this book. And you're like, you're you're away. You're, you're into the movie. I was uh, pleasantly surprised that there was – because you know how I feel about children. I was yes, glad that there was not – you know, <laughs> there's not more <laughs> of the, the kid playing that baseball game, which did – you know, going back to Zelda, that did amuse me because I was a big sports game player, probably of that time period. And I'm like, wow, was it really that slow looking? Like it was, I was like, I can't believe those like games held our attention. Like seeing the 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 ball come off the bat and just sort of dribbling in like eight bit fashion. Um, but no, it is it is paced really well, and I, I really like uh, that Peter Falk just gets to it. You know, he tells that kid, "We're gonna, I'm gonna tell you a story, and you're gonna like it." Yeah, and not only that, I mean, I think uh, Wesley leaves, you know, uh, Buttercup like 11 minutes into the movie. So I was just like, they they really, you know, spend no time talking. They just they just uh, show us a, a montage, right, of, of this mm-hmm. uh, relationship between Buttercup and Wesley. Um, Do you like the relationship initially? I mean, uh, as you said, there's not a lot of setup, but, you know, he's a, uh, a farmhand that's uh, just basically bossed around and true love grows because he does everything that she commands. <laughs> and that, that was something as an adult, I was like, huh, I don't know if I, this is, this is awfully one-sided, this relationship here. I, I think it is, but I mean, what was her, what was her status at, at this point? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, you know, for that, that territory, that area, I don't know if her family was successful at farming or something, but, you know, clearly there's a difference between what she was then and what she is when she becomes, you know, the princess, you know, because she is picked out as like one of the people, right? She's picked out as one of like, you know, one of you, the lowly citizens. So, I mean, it can't be that high up. I don't know. It That was something probably as a kid, I was just like, oh, that's cute. You know, those two people love each other. But as an adult, I probably thought about a little bit more than I should have. But it's, it's quickly over with. As you said, he's gone to make his fortune and then tragedy hits the rumors of his death. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that maybe she was, um, you know, gaining respect for him. He never talked back to her as much as she bossed him around. He was always willing and, you know, did it with a little little smile, a little smirk. Had his and, catchphrase, uh, you know, ready yeah, to as, go. as you wish. So, you know, that's that's it. He was just uh, very loyal to her, I, I think is what it was. And it ultimately, she kind of fell for that, I think. Comes back a little bit different, though. Comes he comes back a little bit more of a smart ass. Yeah, well, scamp. Yeah, just just a little bit. Um, Hanging out with pirates, you know, will do that to a man. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, Inigo and Fezzik. I I kind of misremembered like they were actually the bad guys, you know, uh, early on, and I thought that was kind of an interesting introduction to their characters. They're the mini bosses, basically, to keep this video game analogy going. They're the ones that. Uh, our hero has to face before he gets to the the big bad, but but to be fair to to Fezzik, he's the one that uh, when the the plans being thrown about as far as here's what we're going to do, we're going to start this war between these these two nations by stealing this this princess bride. Uh, he's the one that says, you know, wait, we're not going to kill anybody though, right? Like now he's he's all for doing this bit of trickery and get paid, but he's not actively wanting to like harm anyone. Right. And that's that's what I, I think they do a pretty good setup where it's like, I'm going to root for this guy. I like these, you know, for them to be the bad guys at first. Exactly. They're not evil by any means. Yeah. And also, you know, we'll slowly uh, learn uh, Inigo's um, revenge plot here. And I think we kind of root for something like that, too. Right. You know, where his father or he this character was wronged in a sense and lost his father and his whole life. He, it, he made it his mission 
to um, to find the man that killed his father. And so I think we all can not relate, but sympathize I hope for not, that Peter. character. No. Otherwise, you've got a lot of history to tell <laughs> no, me. No, but... he's, he's still alive. My, my dad's still alive. But yeah, no, I, I just think we can empathize with that character and understand. So when they make that turn, it's not so hard to believe, you know, that they can team up. Now, Vizini, am I saying it wrong? I, I feel like I am or something. We can call him Wallace if you want. Wallace yeah, Sean. <laughs> Wallace Sean, you know. Um, uh, I forgot his character's name, but he was in Clueless. He was a teacher in Clueless. Um, great character actor. And I forgot how long his conversation went with uh, the whole uh, the battle of the wits. You know, I'm just like, good Lord. And we got, I don't know, it got a little annoying for me. Uh, this time around, I think maybe you think it's meant to be annoying because that's the one bad guy that's actually going to be killed, right? By Wesley, he's the one that's actually going to be vanquished. Whereas the other two, you know, he he doesn't, I guess, take pity on, but he understands where they're coming from and is like, just I just need to knock you out to, get, to move past you. But I don't. He even says, I think, uh, you know, I like to an ego Montoya that uh, is like, you know, I understand, you know, and I have a lot of respect for you after he knocks him out. This guy though, Wallace Shawn, has got to be poisoned. He's gonna die, and he knows he's gonna poison him. Like he's he's there's no other way than to kill him. But she hasn't. He has a knife to, you know, Princess Buttercup's throat too. So right. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I. Um, it could be his like in, uh, like his inflection just kept on increasing. But I mean, I did find it very humorous. The whole like, hey, look, what's that? Oh, it was nothing. And he's like, well, I'll tell you in a minute or whatever. And then he chuckles after like this. Oh, he's got a hell of a chuckle. Yeah. Like after after he's been, you know, <laughs> he doesn't realize he's been poisoned. But man, he is really trolling so hard there. And uh, yeah, I mean, that those are the honestly, I think as a kid, that entire sort of first act, the the battles with these these three kidnappers, um, that's probably what I remember the most because I think as a kid that's what I enjoyed the most. So I would just mm-hmm. watch those parts over and over. I loved the 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 sword fight uh, between Montoya and Wesley. Uh, I love this <laughs> just pretty basic fight with uh, Fezzik. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that were <laughs> where you were just wondering like how in the world is he going to physically overmatch this giant of a man? Uh, and you know that so on rewatch I think I remembered far less. After that, because I think I just stopped the tape and would just rewind it back to the beginning and watch until poor Wallace Shawn dies. And then I was like, that was the end of the movie for me. And then I would just go, I don't know. I just liked it. I enjoyed it because those are also the funniest characters. I think those are the most entertaining individual segments, uh, unless you're just a huge fan of Christopher Guest as this like torture artist, which I was not as a what child. What about uh, Miracle Max, though? You didn't even want to wait for him? Okay, okay. That's what I want to get to as far as <laughs> what I do not enjoy as an adult. I, uh, I'm i sure I found this hilarious uh, when I was a kid because he's got the old man makeup and he's, you know, he kind of talks funny. You know, he's doing his Billy Crystal sort of routine uh, in this fantasy more, world. More like uh, Mike from uh, Monsters, Inc. Is, is what I was hearing. <laughs> I, I, you know, Billy Crystal is just, you know, he's just got that, uh, I don't know, iconic voice. You know, it's just that he's always Billy Crystal to some right. extent. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a Billy Crystal movie where I've believed him as the character he's playing and not just a version of Billy Crystal. And to be fair, that's what they're going for here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's meant to be Billy Crystal, even under all that makeup. Man, like, yeah, watching it this this morning for this, I was like, yeah, this is going to be the part where I'm just like, yeah, I didn't dig it. I did not dig his, I kind of just wanted him to shut up so we could get back to our, <laughs> our three characters. And uh, shout out to Hyro from uh, the True Bromance Film Podcast, who's like a huge Billy Crystal fan. And me and him go round and round about this. But uh, that's probably my only issue with When Harry Met Sally, which I think is a very good movie, is that... I don't want to fall in love with Billy Crystal. 
Mm. And you know, if I if I'm if I'm putting myself in the shoes of Meg Ryan, which I often do when I'm watching rom coms, it's not really my pick. Nice guy, but you know, give me Tom Hanks from Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail. That's who I'm going with. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I I like Billy Crystal in this one, and the uh, Valerie and Miracle Max, they're the they're the couple that I feel is slightly out of pace, and it could be tonally, you know, the the the, the comedy here, and I feel like they're in a different universe like a little bit more yeah. woke you know as the kids would say like <laughs> you know i'm just all like okay you know they they are not of this time um and the way they're kind of playing it is a little bit more uh a little bit more on the spoof side you know, more of a parody you know uh where everything yeah. else i think is a little bit more satirical i you mean know? sure yeah like mandy patinkin is playing a very broad character right he gives mm-hmm. this this speech about his quest to avenge his father's death which is you know, very over the top, but the way he plays it is like, you know, I, when he finally meets the man who killed his father, I believe him like in a dramatic sense, like it's still a fun movie and it's a fun sequence, but I don't feel like he's just doing a bit like he's doing like an SNL sketch or routine and the Miracle Max stuff, you could take it out of the movie. And I think the movie still works even with, if save some other, some other plot device was used to resurrect our hero, but that one feels like they uh, Rob Reiner just brought in Billy Crystal and was like, yeah, just do whatever you want. We're just going to make you an old man. And just, <laughs> you know, I don't even know how much of it was scripted. I, I'd have to look into that. But I'd imagine they just kind of turned him loose and let him just react to the characters with whatever was on his mind, whatever's funny. And so the people who, I mean, he's very successful. A lot of people really like him, especially at this time period. You know, I mean, he was a big comedic movie star. So, uh, yeah, but as a grouchy old man, Mike, I was not uh, on team Miracle Max. I just could not wait for that to be over. Yeah, it's just that relationship uh, of uh, that that old married couple. That's not something I would imagine that I'd see in a movie like this. It, it's it, it's it's too updated for me. Like I feel it's definitely nineteenth century uh, humor there. But uh, it, it still kind of didn't see worked. that in Lord of the Rings. You don't remember Gandalf and his like wife just going at it. You know, no, I must have missed that. It, it must have been part of the extended version that I ne- I would never watch. Yeah, the eight hour cut where we, <laughs> yeah. we get into Gandalf's uh, home life and his problems <laughs> with his marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll check it out just for that. It is that funny. Um, I I still think it's comical, but I, I just feel they're slightly out of pace. I, I like the whole. Uh, was it too blave? Is that uh, the what he says? Wesley is saying instead of true <laughs> well, he, love. He's he's uh he's being willfully ignorant over the true love because he doesn't want to hear it. He basically is doing everything possible to uh, not work. <laughs> you know, he's he's trying to get out of his job and um yeah the the the, the funny thing about that scene is the turn is that. True love won't convince him, but revenge on a guy that basically just fired him, that will get him to do it. He'll perform the miracle just to get even with a guy who screwed him out of his job, but uh, true love, I mean, it's a funny thought. The only thing is you have to put up with Billy Crystal uh, doing it so much. I could have stood for more Carol Kane, honestly. Her screaming at him, like her coming <laughs> in. Huh? So you're probably playing cards, and he cheated. Liar! Witch. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. But after what you just said, I'm not even sure I want to be that anymore. You never had it so good. To love, he said to love, Max. Don't say My another God. word, Valerie. He's afraid. Ever since Prince Humperdinck fired him, his confidence is shattered. Why'd you say that name? You promised me that you would never say that name. Word, Humperdinck? Ah! Humperdinck! Ah! Humperdinck! Ah! Humperdinck! Ah! Stiegen! Humperdinck! 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 I'm not Humperdinck! listening. I, if she starts screaming at me, I would just hop to it. I w- it would be immediately as you wish, because with that voice, like yeah. I, I would, 
I would just absolutely just do uh, going back to like Scrooged. I don't know how Bill Murray had oh, the right. uh, oh good Lord. had the fortitude to, to really <laughs> defend against her for so long because I would just be like, whatever you say, as you wish. Yeah, she's she's pretty good in both of those movies. Uh, I also covered Scrooge. If anyone's interested there, but um, yeah, Carol Kane, I like her a lot uh, in this one too. She really came out of nowhere uh, in, in in this scene. She comes storming out of the back room. Like she was just waiting for it. She was waiting for it. I, I feel like there's a cut scene where she's just, you know, like uh, she's got her ear up to the wall, right? Just waiting for him to lie about something. I mean, that's how she probably gets her joy. It's, you know, they're they're in some, uh, you know, just the hut, some mud pit in the ground. And, uh, you know, this is probably not the life she wished for. You know, th- that's why I'm trying to warn Meg Ryan and when Harry met Sally, you'll end up like <laughs> Carol Kane. You'll come out screaming at this old Billy Crystal. Yeah, don't believe the ending of that film. Now, when um, Wesley and Buttercup, when they're going through the the forest and all that, um, I don't remember being scared of the oh, what is the rodent called? The unusual. Yeah, it's a uh, it's sort of like was it like aardvark sized rat? I guess. Yeah. I don't Maybe even bigger than those uh, rodents of unusual size. Is is that sound right? I think that's what it is. It wasn't very convincing me that they couldn't get away from it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I definitely wouldn't want the thing to touch me or for it to bite me. But I, I did look at it. It's like I don't think that's the most agile <laughs> and dexterous looking creature. Um, but yeah. you know, they, they Wesley. You know, he wrestles with one. You know, rolls over and tumbles with it. So it's sort of an interesting little little fight. I think it's. It definitely speaks to uh, the more, you know, it's a childhood story where it's just like a gross thing. It's not yeah. meant to be like the Balrog. It's just meant to be like, oh, that's gross, and I don't want it to touch me. Yeah, I I found it kind of kind of frightening uh, this time around. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe it's the, the sheer size of it. I, I remembered them being a little bit smaller, and I don't know, the fact that they it, it, it does look like humans inside, like a costume. Maybe there's something a little unsettling about that, too. But I guess what I'd never really caught was that when, I mean, he he sees one, you know, uh, by himself. And then Princess Buttercup mentions, oh, what about the rodents of unusual size? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't I don't believe they exist. And then like one jumps on him. Like, I, I didn't understand why he said, was it so that she doesn't get frightened? I mean, what if they did get attacked? Could be. I mean, you know, you... You can take it two ways. You can take it that he's, um, you know, he's a little bit too cocky now because he's had all this experience with the Dread Pirate Roberts, uh, or yeah, or maybe he's just like just trying to get through it without like, oh, hopefully we won't run into one, and I'll just tell her that they don't, you know, they don't exist. He's sort of a story. He's sort of a storyteller too. Like this is a, it's a movie about storytelling. I mean, not only is it a grandfather uh, reading a story to his his sick grandson, but every character has some like sort of like sob story or some quest that they're on that they have to, they, they basically tell the other person. I mean, you know, the, the six fingered man who killed my father, uh, even <laughs> miracle max, you know, has a story about why he will no longer perform miracles. You know, he has some backstory that he has to tell other people. And, um, I think this is a world where people just, they just kind of, they don't really make stuff up, but I think they stretch things a little bit mm-hmm. just because, you know, that's just that's you're in a you're in a fairy tale. So it's like everything becomes this like sort of epic, epic thing. So uh, this was an instance where um, maybe he should have been a better storyteller, because I think that's that's why that thing jumped up, bit him because the story was no good. <laughs> Not only was it was untrue, but it was boring. <laughs> it's like, you, you're a liar. Some big story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The theme of lies and, and storytelling. 
Um, another scene that I, I do remember that uh, I laughed at quite a bit as a kid, and I still think it holds up, but it's when Wesley gets pushed down the hill by Buttercup, and then he says, yeah, as, as you wish. You wish. Yeah. Yeah, as he's falling. She's like, what have violent. I done? <laughs> so you're watching it. Like I said, as a kid, I probably thought that was hilarious. Now I'm watching it. I'm like, good God, look at those bodies bouncing off the ground. I was like, have they not broken every <laughs> bone in their body? But for her to go along with him, too, that, that was quite something. It, it made up for all the uh, chores he had to do at the end. That was, that was a grand gesture. Yeah, I was about to say, down the oh, you stole my joke. <laughs> but yes, there you go. It, it is a grand gesture. Um, yeah, hum, Humperdinck is, uh, he's, he's something. I, the, the funny thing is, I know Chris Sarandon more, well, I guess I know him from this mostly because you see his face the most, but. Fright Night, Fright Night. See, I've seen that one time. I've I've seen uh, that and uh, the remake once each. That but, is coming soon to an original remake because that is that is like the ultimate. That is my childhood movie. That is like my mom introduced me to scary movies with that. So yeah, that, I I don't think Princess Bride. I think Fright Night. I don't know what what's uh, taking us so long to to add that to our list. You know, so you know we missed that uh, Twilight window where it's like vampire movies were very popular, mm. and we're just, I guess we're waiting for any vampire movie. We could do something with. We should have done it for Neighbors or something. This is about neighbors. We could have easily yeah. done that. Yeah, you're right. Um, We're yeah. lazy and incompetent people. So we really please subscribe are. to Original Remake. <laughs> <laughs> We're very original over there. Um, uh, Humperdinck, yeah, I, I know he voices Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas, but I want to give a shout out to the Vern over at uh, Cinema Recall who had me on as a guest to talk about Dog Day Afternoon. And he, uh, Chris Arandon, he was amazing in that one, uh, playing... Oh, gosh, I forget his character's name. I feel like it starts with an L. But anyway, a uh, couple different ties there. But I also want to give a shout-out to the Vern on Cinema Recall. Where's my invitation to get lost <laughs> in the mail? What's happening here? Yeah, you're like, you had Peter come on Dog Day Afternoon? That's not something he'd usually watch. Yeah, we're, we're, he went back a further decade, didn't he? Normally, you're like the 80s and 90s guy, but yeah, go yeah, back to the 70s. 90s. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, I mean, I'm glad he asked because it's a movie I definitely wanted to watch uh, for Classic. the longest time. Yeah, yeah I remember seeing it on the shelves at the Blockbusters all the time. And it just, um, that and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, is that right? Yeah, those are the two that I don't know why I never got a chance to watch, but I've always wanted to watch just because of Al Pacino being in them. Have you still not seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? No. No. It's a favorite of mine. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. I, I I lost some votes on the uh, so I married a movie geek because I'd never seen that. I guess I didn't uh, enter an official ballot, but I did leave a Facebook comment saying that yes. and Reservoir Dogs is a tough combination to beat. It really is. It really was, and that was the number one pick guy. So uh, great choices. Um, yeah, uh, I I went with a few good men. You know, Rob Reiner. So I was hoping to kind of get some love for that. You know, with uh, Prince Bride and such, but it it, it didn't work. <laughs> um, so we were kind of talking about the, the storytelling. I don't have a problem with it, but, uh, do you like the, uh, Fred Savage and his grandfather? The framing device? Like yeah. The, uh, I, yeah. I really enjoyed the, the, the little, you know, the, the, the little commentary that Fred Savage has, you know, he'll, he'll make a comment and then, uh, you know, like th- there's one moment the grandfather's like, it's, it's coming. Just shut up. <laughs> let me, let me just, let me get to this point. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, it, it, it does two things, right? It's very it's very funny because uh, not only does the child interrupt when something's not going the way he wants it to, or he, he basically wants a spoiler to know that everything's going to work out all right. Like he wants to jump ahead when when things look bleakest for our heroes. He wants he's like, no, no, no that can't happen, right? Like he ends up he ends up saving the day. Like he, they don't get married, you know. And then the other part though is because they interrupt, um, 
it kind of gives the filmmakers the ability to skip over some of like, I guess the boring bits or like the land travel. Like we get, we kind of just like, all right, let's just get back to uh, the main, the main point here. And I, I love that. I have always loved the Indiana Jones series with like the, the red line, you know, mm-hmm. it's like Indiana Jones, like the plane and the map. And it's like, and now we're here. I don't, you know, I don't want to see him standing in line. I don't, you know, just, just get to the highlights. So I think it's really interesting. I, I do, I've never read the book, so I wonder how that plays when you're just reading it, if you know if it still keeps that highlight structure because I believe it's the same uh, William Goldman I think wrote the the adaptation Screenplay, right? right. So I'm guessing it's fairly similar. So that would be interesting. I, I should you know go back and read that at some point. I, I would be uh, interested to kind of hear a little bit about that too. But what I like about it is me being a father of three kids myself. I can imagine kids thinking that very thing while they're watching the movie, and Fred Savage is just you know saying the obvious. You know, like, wait a minute, he's he's dead. How how can that be? You know, like just those little uh, bits of commentary. So, uh, are you saying it would keep the children quiet because they're just like, yes, that's what I was I was about to say. I but think now so. I don't have to interrupt the movie. Yeah, because the movie interrupts itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I I do like that. Um, the the albino is probably one of my favorite characters. Uh, underused, <laughs> that, I, I that think is, that is interesting choice. Yes, underused. I I love his uh, introduction. You know, with that uh, raspy voice that he has, clears his throat, and then he kind of just speaks like a normal person. I you know, if I'm going with a funny voice, I'm gonna go with the. Uh... Uh, the the master of ceremonies for the uh, the the wedding, the, oh, the, yeah, the extended, <laughs> yeah, that's the one, that's the one that I I uh, I like because it, it puts in my head. I'm like, man, how much did this this like uh, you know this guy that's ruling this nation with an iron fist and wanting to start a war and he's just terrible to his people. It's like that. It's like a the the total guy move, right? That come wedding day that they've not paid much attention to like how it's going to proceed. And so this guy who rules this land with an iron fist probably should have chosen someone else that <laughs> can give a more riveting sort of marriage speech. But I think that plays into what you were talking about with the kids, that if this is being read to a child, like you have to make the wedding ceremony kind of funny and light because otherwise, if this is a story meant to be read to a kid who's sick, he doesn't care about that. You right. know, he doesn't want to hear like an actual wedding ceremony. He wants something that's kind of goofy and ridiculous. So, yeah, there's a, there are a lot of those like I think you said that at the top of the show. There's a lot of like the side characters, even the smallest parts get something. They get something identifiable in some little bit that make them all entertaining. Yeah, and um, what did you? Okay, so speaking of the side characters, I want to go to Inigo here at at the very end, where uh, he does get his you know revenge. You know, he has this big sword fight with um, Count Rugen, and so. I think it's very interesting that our hero of the story, he's kind of incapacitated, you know, at the moment. You know, he's just came back to life, and so he hasn't quite gotten his strength back. So, yeah, don't be too hard on it, Peter. I mean, it, it was a big day for him. Fezzik says he's had a rough day multiple well, he, times. He was mostly dead. He was mostly dead all day, <laughs> and so uh, not all the way dead. But, yeah, I, I just find it interesting that he doesn't get like a big fight, you know, just because he, he can't, you know. And so I thought that was interesting giving it to a guy who, when first introduced, was, you know, a semi bad guy. And he he actually gets the big fight at the end of the movie. Yeah, the biggest moment that Wesley gets is uh, literally just standing up to the bully. To That's the all he has to do. Yeah. 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 So if you just stand up to him, that guy's going to fold. And I've always really liked that. That uh, the way they handle that that moment, that, yeah, it's not like he stands up and then there's another fight scene. 
because how are you going to top the one with the six fingered man like that? That's already pretty extensive. And I think you care more about that guy seeing him die than you do the king. I don't think all you care about there is that Wesley and Buttercup get to live happily ever after. I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, I don't necessarily need to see the guy die. I wouldn't care if he did, but uh, yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter as much. And it's, it is interesting that it's one of our supporting characters that has, you know, this, this more life and death struggle at the end, this, this quest to find this man. And I think in a lesser movie, they would have somehow combined those two characters, you know, where it would have been Wesley and, you know, this, this King, he would have been the six fingered man or whatever. And they would have, you know, he not only would have gotten back his bride, but he would have killed the guy that killed his father. And, um, yeah, it's, it, that's always been really, really cool. And I, I like, the, for most part, uh, it's very pirate-like. Wesley just kind of tricks him, and just it's a battle of wills. Because he's just laying in bed, and he's just you know just shit-talking him pretty much the entire time. Well, I also like that Humperdinck has to get his digs in. He's like, oh, I, I knew you were lying <laughs> this whole time. Because, you know... Um, has to be the smartest guy in the room. He has to be. Because Wesley, you know, again, he he's had no strength uh, up until this point, And then he's showing Humperdinck like, his sheer strength by standing completely up and you know he's like all right well call my bluff but you know humperdinck sits down and uh i forget the line that wesley gives him but um and it will i mean it was immediately after i think buttercup ties humperdinck up right and then he kind of sits back down again because you know he miracle max he called it he said this guy he was not talking about true love he was talking about the the art of bluffing that's what he was so he knew he knew to blave yeah yeah so I thought it was also interesting how the it, it kind of ended abruptly, but I, I think it is very sweet that um, you know young Fred Savage here uh, asks his grandfather to come back. I was just like, it, I, I found it a little much for him to say, you know, for him to say, "Can you come back tomorrow and reread it again?" I'm like, you just heard it, like let, let it process a little bit. Well, I mean. Of course, you and I would feel that way now because we're like, yeah, we this movie's great. Haven't watched it in over ten years, though, so yeah. <laughs> we definitely don't breathing need to, room. You know, we don't like need wine. to watch it. You gotta again let it tomorrow. age a little bit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like good lord, the, the next day. So that is very, it's very childlike though, because it's like, yeah, you know, there's they just. I mean, you can speak to that as a father. Like I just remember as a kid, and my you know siblings, we just watched the same thing over and over. Like oh, if yeah. we like something, we just we didn't ever get tired of it. Like you yep. know, it's and so. Yeah, I could see. And the the cool thing with this setup is who knows if the story would even be told in the exact same way. Because I totally do not believe that the grandfather is reading it exactly as it is book. I think he's changing things up and it's like, oh, oh sure. he's, he's reading the, the audience here. So when it's like when his grandson's not into it, you know, he skips ahead or he maybe maybe there was, you know, a lot more kissing. And he's like, <laughs> that, that's the ending. He's like, you know, he's like he doesn't even want to read him the last page because like, oh, it's that kissing stuff. And finally, Fred Savage just come around. I was like, eh, you know, a little bit would be fine. You know, maybe maybe it was more than that. And because Fred Savage wanted more, he's like, all right, it was just kissing. That's 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 all it was. Wink. You know, maybe there well, now was now he more wants kissing stuff. stuff, so we'll give it to him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Mike, since you are uh the other the better half, as you say, of uh, original remake, you know, I think that uh, do you I say and, that? Am I that big of a yeah, jackass? Well, you, you did say it one time, you know, and, but. <laughs> A thing we do on that show is we like to recast characters. And okay. so um, I wanted to kind of throw it to you if this were to be remade. Now, here, here's another thing that uh, I don't think either of us said. This this uh, movie is timeless. And I think it's great, too, that, uh, I mean, aside from some of the things in Fred Savage's room, this is never going to feel dated. 
So that's what I like about it. And so I think that's another reason why this would never be remade. But just, you know, for the purpose of what we do on our other show, who would you uh, recast in some of these uh, characters? Yeah, uh, I'll continue pimping out original remake because I believe I just recently used this pairing. Um, but as I was watching it, it's because they're just two of my favorite actors. I would have uh, Wesley as uh, played by Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson would be Princess Buttercup because I, I am like a it. huge fan of Creed. I want to see more stories of those uh, those two characters, but I'll take the two actors as well, just playing a romantic pairing. Um and I, uh, I, I thought of you know I thought uh, maybe this is like the nice guys, but I thought of uh, Ryan Gosling as Inigo Montoya just because I thought I thought he had that sort of uh, charm, but it's kind of abrasive and he's sort of over the top with confidence, but he can he can be bested you know he's bested by Wesley. So I thought Ryan Gosling would be someone who could be charming and successful, but also would be like somewhat the sidekick to Michael mm. B. Jordan. So I don't, and I have no idea as far as like Andre the Giant. I don't, I don't know if anyone comes to mind as far as playing. I, I think he's perfect as as Fezic. So he um, really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know who I would have that. But those are those are the definite three that came to mind for me. Michael B. Jordan, Tess Thompson, Ryan Gosling. I think would be would be a great start. What about you? Yeah, I I do like the um that entire cast. Uh, I wouldn't even mind like Ryan Gosling as as Wesley, but I went uh, completely unoriginal with my casting. I went with everybody from Game of Thrones, right? So oh yeah, you're just you're just keeping them like they can, you know keep some version of their costumes. Yeah, you know, that's stay it. on set. Mm-hmm. You're you're going very practical and economical there. So here it is for the Game of Thrones uh, Game of Thrones fans. This is uh, who I'd have play uh, some of these characters. Uh, Kit Harrington would be Wesley. Uh, Amelia Clark would be Princess Buttercup. Humper Dink would be played by um, uh, Ramsey. His name, his real name, uh, escapes me right now. So Ramsey Bolton, that character would be playing um, Humper Dink. Uh, Vizini would be played by um, Peter Dinklage. And then let's see here. This uh, Count Rugen would be played by Peter Baelish. I forgot his uh, his real name as well. Um, uh, the 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 guy who plays the mountain, he would be Fezic, right? Because he and there was a I think three characters maybe played the mountain, but either of them, they're all incredibly huge. Uh, I think the <laughs> current one right now it was like the Mister Strongman or whatever that title is, you know. So he's really really big. So. So he can be Fezzik. Um, uh, Inigo Montoya, that would be played by Prince Oberyn. Uh, I believe that was season four. So, Mike, I don't think you know who that character is. But uh, he's uh, he's one of my favorites. And I think he'd be great because he's also kind of like... Uh, I think he's a Narcos, the, the, the actor. So um, I don't know who he plays in that because I've, I've never seen it. But... I think is that is that everybody um that that matters really? Oh, uh now this one small character, but um the albino. The albino would be played by berries. <laughs> you're you're obsessed with the albino cracks me up. <laughs> He's a very interesting character. I like him. We well, need we need in a my prequel. version Brad Pitt would play the albino just just for you. We'll just get a huge movie star for that one little part. Yeah, I, I want him to be uh to be played the way his character was in um, *Inglorious Bastards*, you know, so he can play it like that. 
Okay. As an yeah, albino. Work on it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange David Lynch character you'd have there. Uh, thank you, thank you. So, uh, you know, listeners, tell us what you guys think of our casting or who you would have in some of these uh, other casts. But, uh, yeah, if you liked what we just did there, we do it uh, on the end of every episode at Original Remake. So, um if you have a little bit of time here, I actually uh, got a little bit of uh, listener feedback. All right, sure. I've got something for you. A So, really, the only uh, feedback I have, uh, I got one from Justine, uh, who's one of the hosts of uh, the Cutaways podcast. Uh, she says, The Princess Bride is one of her favorites, uh, favorite movies of all time, and it's pretty perfect, which I agree with. I, I really have no issues with it. I mean, the only Billy critic- Crystal. Well, that's your, <laughs> yeah, that's your criticism. And my only thing is that they just seem to be a little out of place in the story. Like, you know, may- maybe maybe uh, tone down that um, 19th century humor a, a little bit. And then uh, Pialani, friend of the show, she uh, just kind of quoted, have fun storming the castle. So I'm glad that she put that there because I may not have caught it uh, in this viewing, but I did find it funny when it came. It was a good line. I uh, The one for me that I was remembered, and, I, and now I can't even get it right, so it's going to be some horrible paraphrase, is the uh, Sean Wallace about... Like the two mistakes you can make in this life, like getting involved in like a a land war in Asia, like that was. I don't know why that. Do you remember that? Like in that it, when his long extended, like basically how I've I've outthought you in this this game of which which cup to drink from. From he says something about that not getting involved in a land war in Asia, which always stuck out to me because as a kid, obviously I didn't really get it because I didn't know much about history. But um, that oh, is Vietnam? something. Yeah, obviously that is the obvious reference. And you know, in this this fantasy world, it's like you know, is that yeah you know, again, is that Peter Falk interjecting like something that's not in the book? That's something that he's just you know making a little joke, and he knows this kid won't really get. It just sounds funny. But that that one always stuck out to me as a kid because I was like, what? What are you talking about? But now I'm like, oh okay, yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like it was just a slight dig. Yeah, um, I I didn't catch that, but I have read that. Uh, uh, somewhere where you know people would often kind of bring that up. Mm-hmm. So that obviously um, flew over my head as well. Uh, and the last bit of uh, bit of feedback is actually a um, you know kind of a uh, voice message here. Uh, I reached out to another podcaster. It's Jonathan of the Princess Bride Minute. So those are something that uh, people are starting to do more more often. You know, they pick a movie and then every episode is just one minute of that movie, you know, in con- consecutive order. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to have him chime in a little bit and plug their show for any fans of this movie. So this is what Jonathan had to say. Hello, my name is Jonathan Carlyle. Steve Lesto and I are hosts of the podcast The Princess Bride Minute. Steve and I were complete strangers brought together by our love for The Princess Bride and our interest in talking about it for months on end to create this show. Inspired by the podcast Star Wars Minute, we dedicated one episode to every minute of film. That's right, a grand total of 99 episodes dedicated to exploring the film, how it was made, how it was almost never made, how it compares to the book, yes the book is real, but no, not that one, how it was relatively unsuccessful at the box office, and how it came back to win our hearts and tickle our souls thanks to the home video market and uncles everywhere. 
We discussed the pinchability of kids' cheeks, how awesome the eel effects are, except for that one shot, why the man in black is walking like that, missed opportunities for rhymes, the difference between the pit of despair and the zoo of death, and most importantly, who's Gilder? All 99 episodes can be found at theprincessbrideminute.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Podcasts to be sure to catch upcoming bonus episodes. You can reach us on Twitter at TPB Minute, send email to theprincessbrideminute at gmail.com, or join the discussion group on Facebook at A Battle of Wits, The Princess Bride Minute. Have fun storming the castle! That was perfect, too, because he used the same quote that I like, you know, or a new quote that I like now. But no, he, he brings a very good point. Who is Gilder? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, can he answer that? Like, which episode is that on? That's why I want to know. Because I, 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 I don't know. I, he's just a patsy, right? Just a yeah. tall guy. We're, we're just going to have to uh, figure out what minute that came in, and uh, hopefully uh, it, it's out. I was going to say, I felt like he, in his little promo for show, probably mentioned more things that we're just like, nah, didn't care. Like, we didn't care about the eels at all. <laughs> just just skip over it. So yeah. we, we are doing the the ultimate Peter Falk thing in the Fred Savage where it's like, ah, Ch- just move the on story, to the highlights. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so for anybody that wants the in-depth uh, details and things of that nature, Go back and start this out. episode over again. Oh, sure. <laughs> 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 Give me one more extra download. Yeah, so check them out. Uh, I've I've listened to some of those uh, before, and they're, they're great. So, uh, again, fans of Princess Bride, uh, check their show out. But yeah, Mike, uh, thank you for, for coming in uh, on the show to review Princess Bride. I know you were quite the expert on this movie. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> you, you found experts there doing a, an episode, 99 episodes for each minute. Those those are the experts. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be another 10 years for me. Well, you know what? In 10 more years, we're still podcasting. We'll go back and review our review of Princess Bride. How about that? I like it. I mean, okay. by then, instead of original remake, we'll, we'll be reviewing our old episodes, see if they still hold up. <laughs> I love to talk about myself, so I can't wait sure. for us to be old men, totally narcissistic. Well, why don't you talk more about yourself and some of the other shows that uh, you do do? So War Machine vs. Yeah. War Horse, and then like the, what, two or three new ones you dropped? Yeah, you can, uh, yeah, you can, there's like 300 some episodes of War Machine versus War Horse. We have not done The Princess Bride, uh, strangely. Um, but, but we've done you Creed, can, you and I. We did do Creed, and, uh, that was uh, definitely a rocky fest. That was, that was an episode all about, uh, Apollo Creed, uh, and the, and the, uh, growing, uh, I guess, love that he shares with Rocky in that. Wait, mm-hmm, I know we talked mm-hmm. extensively, extensively about the beach sequence. So that oh, was probably yeah. a half hour on that. <laughs> so yeah, you can start with that episode. Peter's on. He's been on multiple times. And uh, the Grand Gesture is one that just started. So if you like uh, romantic films like The Princess Bride, we have a few episodes up. We've got one that we're going to be uh, recording here uh, as of today. Uh, we'll be recording tomorrow night on Titanic with Peter. So but um, yeah, we we have uh, the the latest one that'll be up right now is uh, Crazy Stupid Love with as I mentioned Hiro from True Romance Film Podcast. So that one that one actually just talks about grand romantic gestures in films and the characters that are kind of obsessed with them. So it's a perfect setup for that. If you want to follow the show, uh, it's on Podbean, soon to be on iTunes or I guess Apple Podcasts now. Uh, and you can follow me at War Machine Horse on all social media or at Grand Gesture Pod. Yep, so hopefully it doesn't take as long as it did on original remake to make it to iTunes. Yeah, you know our <laughs> our numbers though sort of dropped. We went we I think we lost our cool card there because we got on we got an Apple podcast or iTunes at the time, and I was like, okay, now more people will be able to listen. And it's like you know people really liked uh, being the hipster there, just going to Podbean. So uh, yeah, we'll see. But 
Yeah, I guess you have to. You can't avoid Apple at this point. So we'll, we'll all be on there eventually, every one of us. One thing I hate is uh, their new update with the iOS 11. I'm not digging that app at all. I, I've heard some complaints about the uh, the podcast app in particular. I, I do not use it. I'm a big Apple fanboy, but even though I don't use Apple Podcasts, I use Overcast. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just basically trying to appeal to all of your listeners, the ones that love Apple and the ones that hate them. Download my shows is what I'm saying. All of them, <laughs> please. All right. Uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Paul Stalgic. Uh That's where I do most of my postings. Um, I do have a Facebook page, Hydrate Level 4 Presents Paul Stalgic. Um, when I remember, I try to post all of my episodes uh, from all the different shows that I do, uh, which you can find two of those shows, We Got Five, Podstalgic, at CortemParts.com, uh, and a, a lot of other amazing shows as well. Uh, you can find Original Remake that we've discussed here at FollowingFilms.com, along with Mike's show. And that will do it. So I want to thank you uh, all for listening. And if you guys have a few minutes, please take the time to uh, leave an iTunes review. That would really help out the show. And, you know, why not leave one for Mike, too? He likes to talk about that on the show, you know, that he gets <laughs> iTunes reviews. <laughs> I'm so bad, at, <laughs> so bad at that. that uh, I have to have other people tell me, hey, you got a review. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, So I'll check. Uh, there have been some very, very nice comments left on there, and I'm usually like a couple months behind getting back to them. But I do mention them on the show when I do get around to checking them out. So they are appreciated. Yeah, and for anybody that's uh, left reviews for me, I know I got um, about a handful in the last few months. I actually don't read those unless my son uh, comes onto the show. So for any new listeners, um, you know, this first started off as a father and son podcast. And since then, my son, he will, uh, who's 17 now, he'll pop in and out like every few months uh, when he just has a time to sit down and watch a movie and record with me. So um, when he comes on, that's when I read the reviews just because that's the way the show started off. And um, I just don't want to read them with guests. So he doesn't like me, is what he's saying. He doesn't, he doesn't want true. to read them. No, that's, that's not true at all. I mean, if you like, I'll read them on original remake since that's our show. I would love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, we can use some reviews over, over there too. Uh, I feel like we did have one that we did read. So, um, but yeah, ch- uh, check us out there. Uh, a, a lot of different genres that we've covered, some romantic. We've done a lot of horror because those seem to be remade the most um you know some some action so definitely check us out there so uh again thanks for listening we will talk to you guys later Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.